Here the Turtle is presented by Toyota. Toyota helps you get the most out of your drive. Just ask a friend who drives one. Shop buyatoyota.com, Toyota's official website for deals, to find the Toyota that's right for you. Toyota, let's go places. Thursday, October 28th, 2021. It's here, the Turtle, presented by Toyota and Keith. Sports are rocking and rolling here at the University of Maryland. We have an interview coming up with Bruce Perry, coming back for the 2001 20th anniversary reunion on Saturday to homecoming. And we'll start with that homecoming game, Maryland versus Indiana in football. Maryland Stadium, noon on BTN this weekend. A huge game for Mike Loxley's Maryland Terrapins coming off of three consecutive losses, Iowa, Ohio State, and Minnesota. This a huge game in terms of bowl eligibility. Indiana and Maryland both struggled a little bit lately, but there's a great opportunity for the Terps to get back on track, get towards six wins, and get to a postseason game in front of a homecoming crowd. And really, the the, the 2001 ACC championship team reunion, Ralph Friesian back in attendance, EJ Henderson being honored for his College Football Hall of Fame. A lot of stuff happening on Saturday. Yeah, uh, Coach Lockley said it in his midweek presser this week, just disappointed in the team's performance after having that bye week to prepare for Minnesota and just really getting run all over the field uh, out there by the Golden Gophers. So the defense is in desperate need of a bounce-back game. You know, During that 4-0 start, they got the season started off with Taylor. They were conceding just 14 points and 325 yards to opponents. The totals have ballooned in the past three games, nearly 500 yards a game and 50 points allowed. So Indiana might be the matchup at the right time for the Terps to get back on track. Hoosiers ranked dead last in the Big Ten in both yards per game uh, with around uh, 307 and I think yards per play as well. So uh, this is a recipe for you know the offense to get back on track and get this running game going again. Haven't had over 100 yards in the past three games. So uh, you'd love to see you know Tayon Fleet Davis break one off um, and, and kind of get his momentum, get his mojo back. You know, just one rushing TD on the ground in the past three but you know, this looks like an opportunity for Maryland to, to take on uh, an Indiana with a very good defense uh, it'll be a tough uh, matchup you know for the Terps on the offensive end but um, you know definitely some opportunity there yeah Maryland has to do a better job running the ball on the offensive side and stopping the run on the defensive side really were cut up um, throughout the game um, Minnesota was just kind of running the ball on any down that they wanted to um, so Maryland's both on the defensive front and the linebackers have to play better um, in order to you know, get the Terps back on track. Indiana has played an incredibly tough schedule. They've played Iowa, who is at one point ranked number two. They played Cincinnati, who is ranked number two right now. They played Penn State, while Penn State you know, had, you know, had some quarterback issues, and obviously they just lost to Illinois. So maybe they're at, they've lost to Michigan State, who's ranked in the top ten, and they just got blown out by Ohio State and Bloomington on Saturday. So they played incredibly Western, wins against Western Kentucky and Idaho intermixed in there. 
they have played an incredibly tough slate. So their schedule is starting to get a little bit easier. And I say that they still have a game with Michigan um, to go. And they've played that same Minnesota team that the Terps just faced on Saturday. But they're going to be bad and harder. But they're also going to see this as a huge opportunity to kind of get their season back on track, maybe get, you know, win you know, three or four out of their last, you know, four out of their last five games to get to a bowl. That's still possible. Purdue, Minnesota, Rutgers, Michigan, Maryland for Indiana. Uh, so they are going to come in with that sort of same mentality of like, this is sort of a, a touchstone of our season. Where does it go from here? Does it go, you know, start to roll off the cliff or not? Um, so two pretty motivated teams coming into Saturday would think uh, the Terps have got to get more production um, out of her Kim Jarrett at wide receiver. Now with Dante Demas and Jay Sean Jones out Talia Tonga by Lois got to uh, make some better decisions. They've got to avoid mistakes, too many penalties uh, in the game against Minnesota and, and capitalize on big opportunities. You know, Jacorian Bennett gets the ability to, to run that kickoff or excuse me, blocked kickback at halftime, doesn't pick the ball up. Just got to be a little bit more opportunistic, especially when you're trying to turn your season around. And Mike Loxley told the team in a video um, that, you know, they showed his speech at practice. Look, there's a lot of stuff going on this week, homecoming, AC championship recognition. We've got to focus on giving them a show. The people that show up on Saturday, we've got to, you know, play for them, keep our blinders on. It's about us, but we've got to make sure we're in position to play a good game. Um, so very, very, very interesting game for Maryland on Saturday. Um, and as we said, really going to be fun to have uh, the AC championship team back. And we had a great interview with Bruce Perry. A lot of talk about EJ Henderson this weekend, rightfully so. Hall of Fame inductee, College Football Hall of Fame inductee. But man, that team was stacked with a bunch of good players. Bruce Perry right up at the top. 2001 ACC Offensive Player of the Year and All-American. And a heck of a personality to talk to. Yeah, a, a guy you think, what could have been if injuries just didn't derail his career you know, later on in college and then in the pros. Um, but some great stories, some great Ralph Regan stories uh, from Bruce. And th- he just loves Maryland. Man. I mean, of all the guests we've had on this podcast, you know, he might, he, I think he's in the route, Mount Rushmore of guys who just who love this place and just want to see Maryland's athletic program succeed. Yeah, he, he as he said, bleeds Maryland red. And uh, it, it's going to be really fun to watch all those guys. I, I would like to be, and I won't be, but would like to be at the dinner, the reunion dinner. <laughs> I know the stories being swapped there are going to be so I, I don't think we could have the podcast, Mike, at yeah, the dinner. I don't I, think they let us in with I that. Don't, I don't think so. Uh, with Ralph Bridgen coming back, and, and uh, you, you can go back and listen to our interview with Steve Suter from a few weeks ago, um, talk or, or you know talking about all of the different things that 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 this hates. All the people we have on that talk about the glory days are so fun. Like we oh, did yeah. our whole record breaker series interview. That's right. Last interviews, year. and yep. we had you know Charles Stokes and and Len Elmore and and Gravis Vasquez, all these guys. It's just fun just getting those guys going, and you could go with them for like hours. You're like, oh, we got to cut this off in like 30 right. minutes. Uh, so let's get to our interview with Bruce Perry. For nearly 75 years, the Terrapin Club has been the foundation for the student athletes, coaches, and staff of Maryland athletics. And now, Maryland Athletics is proud to announce Terrapin Club Reinvented. Terrapin Club Reinvented offers three new features exclusively for our Terrapin Club members. Terrapin Club Plus, One Maryland Magazine, and the Terrapin Club Backstage Pass. These new benefits will provide members with exclusive content and behind-the-scenes experiences unparalleled in collegiate athletics. To learn more, visit terrapinclub.com or call 301-314-7020. We're back here on Here the Turtle as we celebrate the 20th anniversary of the 2001 ACC Championship football team. We bring on one of the key cogs in that squad, running back Bruce Perry. Bruce, 2001 ACC Offensive Player of the Year. Appreciate you coming on. First of all, 
you're going to come back, see a bunch of your teammates. You guys are going to get honored on Saturday on homecoming. What kind of emotions are kind of flooding back to you as you go through the week here and you, you know, I'm sure you're, you're starting to think about the stories you're going to swap with teammates and things like that. What kind of comes back to you as you head towards Saturday? Uh, it's just a long time coming for us all to be together. You know, um, you know, we, we, we had a lot, a lot of time, um, blood, sweat and tears, a lot of sacrifice went into that season. And so, um, I, I'm, I'm more excited just to be around the guys, you know, when you, when you're done playing the game and the statute of limitations is up on your career, you don't have, you know, that, that, that camaraderie, although the bond always remains. So, I'm just I'm just excited to get back on campus. What do you feel like made that team special? You know, you, you <laughs> there, I, there were none of those expectations that you would do what you guys did in that season. What do you feel like looking back on it? And, and when you see the guys this week makes this specific group of guys do what they did? Well, you know, for starters, you know, we were, we were together on everything. You know, whether it was on the field, off the field, if you saw one of us, you saw at least 20 of us. Um, we were a, a real close-knit group, you know. Number two, um, I think uh, more so just being tired of losing. We always knew that we had, you know, the talent to be able to compete. Um, we just needed to learn um, how not to lose. Um, I think, you know, the first... My first two years at Maryland, we went five and six both years. So we were on the cusp of of actually going to a bowl game and having a winning season all to, you know, have it, you know, crumble towards the end. Um, we we were a group of guys who were willing to do whatever it took to win um, and, and to get Maryland back to the prominence that we had in the in the early 80s and late 80s. Bruce, you ended up taking a red shirt uh, after your freshman season uh, and then carving yeah. out that starting role in 2001. How hard was that year, you know, waiting on the sidelines in 2000? Did you kind of give you that motivation just to come out in, in 2001 and really showcase what you could do? Yeah, I mean, um, I played as a true freshman. I, black, I backed uh, Lamont Jordan up as a true freshman. Um, and um, as a sophomore, you know, I was in, uh, in spring camp and I was literally just bawling out of control. Um, but that year, Lamont Jordan was a Heisman Trophy candidate and he was going to get the majority of the carries. Um, so, you know, Locks, Coach Loxley came to me, you know, during our training camp was like, we think we want to redshirt you. And I'm like, huh? You know, <laughs> I'm literally having the camp of my life, but I kind of understood, you know, the, the, the grand scheme of things, you know, let's, you know, preserve a year. Let's, let's, uh, keep you for an additional year, allow you to continue to develop and, you know, next year, just hand over the keys. Um, I didn't foresee that our whole entire coaching staff would get fired um, after that year, but, you know, it was a blessing in disguise because we ended up getting arguably um, the most brilliant mind in offensive football. And if you ask me, the greatest football coach in Maryland history and Ralph region. When you guys had Ralph come on campus, you know, as you said, you guys are tired of losing. So, you know, a fresh voice and face there. When did you guys kind of know in that first camp under him, at least offensively, that you were going to be <laughs> special and have the year that you had? Uh, we knew early on, you know, it was, it was a transition because we had to learn a totally different offense. And, and Ralph's offense is very complex. There are a bunch of multiple things, a bunch of motions and, and things of that nature that he implemented. Um, 
we knew from, you know, his tenure at Georgia Tech how special, you know, his offense was. And we knew we had the talent, you know, that if we were able to bring it all together, you know, we could go ahead and defy some expectations. I think that year they had us ranked like seventh or eighth in the ACC. So no one really saw us coming. Um, and then you also had a bunch of new faces um, on offense um, that, you know, pretty much, you know, came came out of nowhere for the for the, the entire ACC. Um, but we knew, you know, just based off of the tempo and practice, I mean, we were running between 70 and 80 plays of practice. So we knew, we knew, you know, we had something special. And if we could just put it all together, um, the sky was the limit for us. And, and that's what happened game one, North Carolina. I remember um, we, were, we were running down their throat and I think we might have messed up on a, on a formation or something like that. And we had to call timeout. Well, Julius Peppers, Ryan Sims, all those guys just went to one knee and were like, thank you. <laughs> you know, so we were, I was literally in the huddle talking to Melvin Fowler, like, look at this, they're tired. We're running them out the feet, out, out the stadium. Let's, let's put the, put the, the foot on the throat and, and keep it moving. And uh, that's what we were able to do. You mentioned running all those plays uh, in practice. You're going up against so much talent on that defensive side of the ball. EJ Henderson, Dominique Foxworth, Randy Starks. How competitive were those practices and how did it prepare you, you know, to go out and perform on Saturday? Well, well, well the funny thing is Dominique didn't play until the, the second to last game of the season. Oh, wow. You know, so he wasn't he really wasn't in the plans until, you know, we had, you know, issues at corner and he had he came in as a true freshman against Clemson and, and and stepped up huge. Um, but going against that defense every day, and listen, I had to go against EJ Henderson and pass pro every day, you know, and, and, and the thing about that separated EJ from everyone else is he was a big guy, but he, he didn't have to bull rush all the time. He, he used every tool in his toolbox and worked on him in practice. And that's why it's, it's no secret, you know, how, how, how great of an athlete and great of a player he was, arguably the most decorated um, Maryland player in history, you know. So going against that defense on a daily basis and, and especially how tough and hard we were coached, um, iron sharpens iron, you know what I mean? So that, that defense made our offense better and made us tougher. And, and once we got on the field, the results showed for themselves. Bruce, what initially led you to come to Maryland? What was your recruiting process like? And then what about, you know, Maryland, the University College Park kind of said, okay, this is where I want my home to be football-wise? Well, you know, I was recruited, you know, I was recruited pretty heavily coming out of Philadelphia. You know, I was um, Philadelphia Player of the Year, you know, All-State, you know, all the accolades. I was Big 33 MVP. Um, I had Texas, you know, Nebraska, Florida, you name it. Um, I only took two visits. I went to University of Pittsburgh and I went to Maryland. And when I got to Maryland, Maryland just felt like home. You know, my father always envisioned me going through campus gates and being on campus and not having to leave. And be quite honest, I didn't leave campus for my first two years at Maryland. I didn't venture out into D.C., I didn't go to Bentley's like I was <laughs> I was I was either back then we had Santa Fe. So we had wing night at Santa Fe. I do wing night and I was back in my room. I was I had tunnel vision. You know, it was really just all about, you know, football for me and, and academics. So um, 
he always envisioned me just walking on campus and 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 being safe and secure. When I got to Maryland on my visit, um, Aaron Thompson was my host, and it literally just felt like family. It felt like home. Um, and not to mention, it's only two hours away from from my home in Philadelphia, so my parents can come and visit. That was very very important for me um, that my parents got to be able to see me at least you know five to six games a year. Um, so that, that weighed heavy into my decision-making process. And then not to mention, there were two other guys from my, from my football team in, in Philadelphia that, that also came with me to Maryland. You had Jafar Williams, who was the running back coach two years ago at Maryland and, and Scott Smith, who played defensive end for us. They, we all came from George Washington high school together. So it made things a lot easier for me, but just that family, that family, um, oriented, um, atmosphere, the same atmosphere that Coach Loxley is trying to reinstill in the program now. Um, that that was that was just heavy for me. Trust me, Michigan came, tried to talk me out of going to Maryland. Literally, like, why? <laughs> why are you going to Maryland? Like, you know, what? Are you kidding me? Just come to Ann Arbor. And, and being a man of my word, I just said, no, you know, I'm done. You know, I, I hated getting on planes. I hated going on visits. And, and I was ready to get it done pretty early. Bruce, you mentioned Coach Loxley there. I, I wanted to know, do you remember your first interaction with Coach Loxley? Do you remember meeting him? What, what was your first impression uh, when you met Coach Lox? Uh Yeah, Lox visited me in Philadelphia with our then offensive coordinator, Coach Hefner. Um, you know, he brought me in for a visit. Believe it or not, they brought in myself and Mike Kitchen, another running back, and they just pretty much told us, we're going to take one of you. And, you know, I committed to Maryland. My kitchen ended up committing to Georgia Tech. I think Maryland got the better end of the deal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, locks is locks, man. You know, he and I have, have a special relationship. It's, it's different. You know, it's more, you know, big brother, father figure type deal to where, you know, I can call and um, I'll get brutal honesty out of him. That's always been the case with him and I. Um, whatever the level of expectation was, he was clear and upfront with it. Um, and I respected, I respected him more than anything. Like locks literally taught me everything I know about this position. Um, and to the point where, you know, I didn't, I didn't need to be coached anymore because he gave me everything that I needed. Um, and then, you know, off the field, you know, just being an ear for when you're going through, you know, personal struggle and things of that nature, just always, being accessible. There's never a time where I couldn't reach out and touch him. So, you know, Maryland is lucky to have a guy like Mike Loxley. Um, I always thought that he was the right man for the job, being from the DMV area, understanding the Maryland football culture and understanding the DMV period and how to, how to get the best out of his local talent. Um, best man for the job. I, I was extremely happy that they finally made the decision. To, to, to bring them back into the fold. And um, hopefully we can continue to keep growing and, and, and progressing as a program. I was going to say, when you watch him now, try to, as you said, sort of reinstill that culture of family, the accountability, all of those different things as he kind of builds the program to where he wants to be, where all the alums want it to be. Does it remind you of a young Mike Loxley of what he was learning and what those initial conversations with you as you see him interact with the players of today? Obviously, well, more experience and a head coach, but yeah, you know, the roots—the roots of that were there. You know, when you play under, right? 
it, it's 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 a lot different now. I mean, Locks has has been through a lot as a coach. He's he's experienced a lot of other different programs, a lot of winning programs. Um, so you know, I believe he was able to to take um, certain attributes from each program and mold it into exactly what he wanted to instill here. Um, but you know, from a foundational level, locks is locks, man, and and, and certain things that they're just not going to change. The level of expectation is not going to change. Um, the one thing about the way he he ran our running back room, you know, everything everything ran through that room. You know what I mean? Like he knew the um, the special talent that he had in the room, and he knew how to get the best out of him. You know, whether it was. Brutal honesty, whether it was tough love, you know, there, I remember after the NC state game, he and I weren't even talking, we were were beefing (laughs) and, um, but it never, it was always love, man. I always knew he had my best interests at heart and, um, he knew what was best for me as, as a player and as a person. So, like I said, man, you know, these guys, they're blessed to have somebody like that in the fold. Um, and hopefully we can just, you know, get this ship rolling in the right direction. Bruce, as a Philly guy, you know what did it mean to you to hear your name called by your hometown team uh, when the Eagles and they drafted you in 2004? Your Maryland career comes to an end, and uh, you get your name uh, called on draft day, which so many guys dream of. Yeah, man, that that, that was that was surreal, man. I'm be perfect. I worked out for Philadelphia. You know, I pretty much worked out like an All Pro for them at the facility. Um, kind of had an idea. I was on their radar. Uh, would have loved them to take me a lot earlier than they did. So I had, <laughs> I had a really big chip on my shoulder going in. But I remember, you know, I got the phone call. I'm sitting in the room with my parents and they have no idea what's happening. And, and I'm talking to Mark Ross at the time. And he says, you know, things didn't go your way today. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, whatever. Like, what, what's, what's what are we doing? You know, and then he says, you know, cheer up. We're about to take you. And my parents <laughs> was looking at me like, huh? And then, you know, that sound that it made, do, 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 do. And my name pops up on the, on the television and everybody's just going off. It felt great, you know, to be home. Um, friends and family could uh, to could share in the success and, and share um, in that moment. Um, and, and, you know, hometown team, I grew up, my father was a Dallas fan. So, you know, shame on him. Um, but you know, I literally can remember my first offensive install. I'm sitting in in, in a chair and I look to my right and it's Terrell Owens. And I look to my left and it's Donovan McNabb. And I'm like, I was just playing Madden with these guys. You know what I'm saying? But I realized very, very quickly that I'm sitting in this chair. I belong here, you know, and and coming from Ralph's uh, system, you know, in the way we learn how to compartmentalize and learn things, I picked up the Eagles playbook like that. Like it was crazy. You know what I mean? They, I had guys from the big 10 that were sitting there like, how are you learning this stuff? Like you literally just can just look at a play sheet and know this thing, know the stuff right away. I'm like, how do you not, you know? And so that's a testament to our coaching. And that's a testament to how, you know, these guys were great teachers and 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 taught us how to be students of the game and to learn very quickly. So, very surreal. 
It feels like there's a nice little pipeline at times from Philly to to ball, or excuse me, to College Park. You have DJ Moore, obviously. Me and Keith did a podcast with Terrell Stokes, played basketball. We've now got like four Philly guys on the basketball team rolling right now. Mm-hmm. What, what, that's a nice little connection. We just got to keep that, that those athletes coming down here, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, number one, kudos to recruiting, right? You know, able to recognize some talent. But Philadelphia, you know, has always been a place where a lot of talent gets overlooked and and. I would like to think I was one of the one of the the first ones to start that that catalyst and that that move that migration from you know Philadelphia to Maryland you know so DJ Moore is a local guy he literally went to school like 15 minutes from my house you know so knowing that he uh he, he chose Maryland and actually got to rock the number 1 I was I was that's pretty right. happy yes that's right so yeah man you know hopefully we can keep that ball rolling and, and keep this talent um, flowing, but more importantly, you know, I, I really want to stress and emphasize, especially for our local talent, how important it is to stay home and build what you, build what we have. You know, Maryland has so much talent; is is rich in football talent. We have very good um, high school programs in the area, and I would like to see our guys just make build Maryland into what Florida and Florida State and Penn State builds in their in their home states. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm from Philadelphia. I, I always tell people Maryland, Philly raised me, but Maryland made me. I still live here in Maryland. Um, love it here. Beautiful place to raise my family. And um, I'm just hoping for my program to get back to dominance. Bruce, uh, two more questions for me first. Do, do you have, there's been a really, starting probably with Lamont, obviously continuing with you and through the last two decades, it feels like there's always kind of been a stud running back on the roster, even through some of the lean years. How proud are you to watch kind of the legacy of the Maryland running back continue mm-hmm. over these past, you know, two decades where you know, there's three Maryland running backs in the league right now? Um, yeah. Yeah. Gotta I be, mean, that's got to be pretty cool for you. I was very close with McFarlane and Leak while they were here. Um, I was very close with Darrell Scott, with Keon Lattimore, with Lance Ball. You know, there, there's there's a culture that we created. It started with Mike Loxley. You know, we called ourselves the MRBs, the mad running backs. Uh, <laughs> and Ralph always, I mean, Lox always you know, described us as rough riders. You know what I mean? This is, everything goes through this room, you know? And to see that, you know, the foundations that Lamont and I laid um, for Maryland in that particular running, in that particular position in the running back room, to see it progress and to continuously have talent flowing through and they carry on the legacy in, in the tradition, man, it, it makes an old head like me smile. You know, I talked to uh, Jake Funk when he got drafted and I was extremely happy for him. I followed his career from when he was playing high school, you know, all world guy finally gets to realize his dream. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very important for guys like myself and Lamont um, that, you know, the torch gets carried on. You know, and the legacy still lives. Maryland is is always been synonymous for really good running backs. You know, and hopefully we can keep the torch going. No, my last one. I know all of the all the Maryland fans love Coach Freegen. Do you have one Coach Freegen story that sticks out to you in your career? Oh man, where do I start? <laughs> um, I'll tell you this. You know, when when Ralph first got to Maryland, he didn't like me. He, did, he didn't like me. He thought I was too small. You know, he thought I was a typical scat back, things of that nature. And I literally had to win him over. And I remember after the North Carolina game, you know, my, my sole purpose in life at that time 
was just to prove him wrong, you know? And after the game, he's like, I didn't recognize you. I didn't know who you were out there. Like you were running through everybody. And I was like, good, good. <laughs> let, let, let's keep this ball rolling. Now you're going to know me for the rest of the year. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about it. We talked about it at length recently. And I was like, coach, you know, I really didn't think, I really thought you hated my guts. And he's like, the motivation worked, didn't it? And I was like, wow. Yeah, it did. Cause <laughs> I ran, I ran, I ran possessed at times just wanting to, to, to seek that, um, the affirmation, you know, I just wanted to prove him wrong. And then I wanted to prove locks right because he always knew, you know, how special I could be and how special I would be. Um, so that, that, that story really sticks out. And, and another one, I remember after 2001, you know, I think Tampa Bay was um, was courting Ralph for a head coaching job. And I'm in my bed sleep, and all of a sudden I got seven people running into my room, like, look at ESPN, do you see this? And I'm like, well, what do you guys want to do? We had one of workouts um, the next morning, five, five o'clock in the morning. So we all get into winter workouts, and normally Ralph blows the whistle and we all get lined up. Well, this time nobody got lined up. Everybody just kept walking and I could see his face like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> you know what I mean? And Denar Wilson stepped up and was like, coach, we, we saw what's going on with Tampa Bay. We need to know, are you in, are you out? And he's like, I'm in, let's get to work. I was hoping he said I'm out so we didn't have to do what it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out that way. We ended up still having to work, so, but. You know, it was good to know that he was all in with Maryland, with Maryland football, with the program. He's been he had been trying to get this job for 30 years and it finally worked out. And it was the it was the best it was the best situation for us all, you know, for him to come in and lead us to an ACC championship in year one. is kind of unheard. It is unheard of, you know, and to have so much success. I mean, we had three All-Americans on that team. Um, I was a dope walker finalist. I was offensive player of the year, second team All-American. And EJ, you know, racked up the awards that year. Brooke Bernard was an All-American and we had an All-American punter, you know. So, you know, we were able to to accomplish what he set out to accomplish. And that was to make Maryland relevant again. Uh, we cannot wait to see you and Coach Friedgen back, the rest of the team. I do have to say, we had Steve Suter on this a couple months ago. His Ralph Friedgen motivation story was pretty much exactly the same. <laughs> he, was like, <laughs> he was like, he was like, I think Coach Friedgen hates me. I think he still hated me, but boy, did it make me play hard. So it sounds like, sounds like Fridge knew what he was doing on the motivation standpoint. It worked. It worked. He, he got the best out of us for sure. Bruce Perry, thanks so much for coming on with us. Like I said, can't wait to see you guys back on Friday and Saturday to honor one of the best teams in Maryland football history. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. Want to take the Terrapins with you wherever you go? Maryland Athletics has officially launched the One Maryland mobile app, a must-have for all Terps fans. The One Maryland app is a one-stop shop for all things Terps, featuring the latest news, scores, game day information, and exclusive content from your favorite Maryland teams. Download the One Maryland app on your iOS or Android device today by searching for Maryland Athletics in your device's app store. Back on here, the Turtle presented by Toyota. Big thanks to Bruce Perry for jumping on with us um, as that team comes back to College Park on Saturday for homecoming. Um, and I'm sure there will be many other former players back in the building. As you said, you know, Bruce Perry 
I, I just look at him and Lamont Jordan sort of started an amazing run of running backs kind of under the radar that Maryland's had. And not just, you know, guys that have made the NFL and been successful, like your Ty Johnsons and, 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 and people like that, but even like a guy like Darrell Scott, who he mentioned, who was a really good college running back. Brandon Ross was a good college running back. Keon Lattimore was Lance a really good Ball. college. Lance Ball made the NFL. So even in some of those, as I say, kind of some leaner years at times where maybe the results in the field weren't as good, they were still always pretty much a quality back. Terps, as you said, trying to find that right now. Can Fleet Davis kind of take that mantle for the rest of the year? Is it a younger guy like an Isaiah Jacobs or a Penny Boone? Sean Famatow's shown some, had some good moments over the past three or four weeks. Terps still trying to find some consistency to that position. But the legacy is definitely there. Um, and, and not just, I mean, you have guys throughout the years. I mean, Rick Bajanek is getting inducted into the Athletics Hall of Fame. Uh, was a you know, fullback running back kind of cross and, and, and had a ton of rushing touchdowns in his career. So really awesome tradition at that position and great to talk to Bruce Perry about it. Tons of sports going on, Keith. I have to make special note Sunday, uh, open practice, men's and women's basketball. So if you're looking for something to do to start your Halloween, um, women start at nine and the men come after that. Um, free and open to the public. Come watch both teams practice, raffling off two court sides to the season opener for the men's team. And then if you want to make it an entire Maryland day, one o'clock at Ludwig Field, Maryland men's soccer versus Indiana in a ranked matchup. Terps have the ability to win the Big Ten title. Some things have to happen, but if they win, Penn State ties or loses, they either get a share or win the Big Ten championship outright. So a lot going on on Sunday um, if you're a Maryland fan uh, here in College Park. Taylor, we're going to get a men's soccer player on this fall we yeah. are we're going into the big 10 tournament i think next week or okay. the week after um as we go through uh terps will be hosting a quarterfinal they are locked into host a quarterfinal so always a great interview when we get a men's soccer guy yes out. we've had yeah. some good ones we have we have eric matzalevich paul yes. ben yes. they're always they're a fun group uh so we'll get them on and then we'll have men's and women's basketball players on as we head towards the season opener for both teams the women uh, have an exhibition on Friday. So th- there will be basketball. There bas- there's basketball in College Park this week. Starting this week. That's uh, right. Pick to win the conference uh, by the media and coaches. The poll there, you know, Ashley Wusu and Diamond Miller, preseason all Big Ten. Eric Ayala, preseason all Big Ten on the men's side. Men had four players in CBS Sports' as top 100 players. A little bit under the radar for the Terps. I think that's just how Mike, Mark Turgeon likes it. Um, not, not among, you know, the Michigans and Illinois and the Purdue's in terms of the picks. A very, very quality roster. There's some quiet confidence going on down there. Men's basketball. Uh, and then sports continue. Women's soccer just came to an end. Volleyball trying to push to get to an NCAA tournament bid. They've got some huge uh, matches coming up the next three or four weeks to try to you know get that elusive NCAA tournament bid. They've been very close to a couple times in the last five or six years. Um, that should be very, very fun to watch. Basketball uh, beginning in wrestling. Uh, has their red-black wrestle-offs as we record here on a Thursday. They start tonight, so yeah, wrestling will be back. Let's not forget about Big Ten field hockey, Taylor. Yes. First Ohio State this Friday at 6. Yes. Uh, right here in College Park. Yeah, that, that just had a big win over number 2 Michigan. They will push towards – field hockey is one of those – field hockey, there's like five teams in the Big Ten that are all in like the top five of the RPI – like theoretically, all of those teams could win the national championship. That's like kind of insane for one sport. Incredible! It's, it shows what Maryland field hockey has done to the conference, elevating it to this level. Very hockey. similar to the two lacrosse teams elevating the other lacrosse programs um, in the conference. Which is soccer has done the same thing. Men's soccer, Indiana, always been a traditional power. Adding that, adding Maryland in there. Um, and men's soccer has also elevated the league. But yeah, field hockey. If you look back, that not that we have to go deep into the field hockey history, but like it was not a Big Ten dominated sport. It was a very ACC dominated sport with Maryland there. Move over, Missy Barks like you know what? We'll just bring all the quality teams here uh, and, and play that and play around Robin. See who the best team is. Um, really, really fun stuff uh, surrounding College Park. Um, 
And uh, I, I can't wait for the first men's basketball game. Just yeah, the fans back in there. Be very, very fun. Student claims. Insane right now. So going to be cool. Going to be cool. Homecoming on Saturday. Make sure you're there. Noon at Maryland Stadium. If you can't, BTN is the place to watch it. Um, some really cool um, stuff going on. And BTN tailgate beforehand. Or excuse me, Big Ten tailgate beforehand at Ludwig Field. Um, so sort of their version of college game day. To make a comparison, uh, we'll be at College Park as well. That's enough for this week's episode of Hear the Turtle, Keith. Make sure to follow us on over our social media channels at Hear the Turtle on Twitter, at Hear the Turtle on Instagram. Sneds through one for Keith. Taylor Smith 10 for me. And we'll see you next time on Hear the Turtle, presented by Toyota. Good terps.